Widely scattered. One or two storms may come back tomorrow, and then sunny, mostly dry Thursday. 70s to low 80s in the morning. Tomorrow and Thursday afternoons, highs of 90 to low 90s. Southern Gulf is the area of low pressure. We continue to monitor for possible development. Drifting north towards the Gulf Coast, likely to produce some rains, possibly even heavy. Across portions of the Gulf Coast late in the week or into the weekend. Thinking about retirement? Make sure my Social Security account is a part of your plan. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can find out if you're eligible to receive benefits, compare retirement benefit estimates at different ages or dates, view spousal benefit estimates, and more. Plan for your future. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Five five six nine six nine six. If you want to talk food with me, it's a beautiful Wednesday. Oh gosh, it's hot, and it's only mid June. It's only going to get worse, and I'm not even dining outside. I dined again. Actually, we didn't dine in a dark place today. It was a bright space, and um, I I can't. I I'm gonna just have to call it uh, even if it's windows and air conditioning and I can look outside just gonna have to tell myself it's kind of like being outside we went to Nathan's in Slidell again and we are currently very high on Nathan's we uh went I guess two or three weeks ago and you know, it, you know what it is. It's invisible, so we never think about it. And we stay pretty much on the North Shore, with few exceptions. I think tomorrow is going to be another exception, but for the most part, we stay on the North Shore. And you know, there's, there's nice restaurants on the North Shore, but there are not as many as on the South Shore. So we're, you know, sometimes tired of them, no matter how good they are. So. When we went to, this is probably longer than two or three weeks ago, when we went to the Gulf Coast and wound up coming back, we wound up at Gallagher's on Front Street. But after we left Gallagher's on Front Street, not that there's anything wrong with that, that's a fabulous place to go, but I thought, you know what? I forgot about Nathan's because we loved Nathan's back in the day. We haven't been in a long time. So we went and just loved it. I mean, there were things that we didn't like about it, but overall it was a really nice experience. And we discovered an oyster dish that is just killer. And so uh, it's only 15 or 20 minutes from here. So we decided to try that again today and had an even better version of that dish than we had last time. And Tom got garlic butter oysters on a poor boy and uh and I got the lasagna which is kind of a signature thing there 
And it's just, it's a good place to go. And we're going to, and Tom was just really through the moon. And uh, the whole way home said, we got to go back there again. And I said, we will, you know, we'll just put in our regular rotation. It's a little bit harder uh, to go to than if we just run into downtown Covington. But um, the we would go to Jack Mellon and have gone to Jack Mellon in that same fashion. That's a little bit farther than Nathan's. That's almost the same as, not almost the same as going across the lake, but we're going to kind of bounce back between both of those because it's just, it's not quite as far as the South Shore. We don't have to cross the lake, so we have to do the bridge. Uh, but but those are two really good places to add to our, our repertoire because your repertoire gets tired if it's a small little circle. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. We have Stan Meadows calling in today at 3 o'clock. He's in New Orleans, so this is going to be sort of a funny little report. You know, it's going to be um, if someone was doing a staycation, uh, we would hear things that we're likely going to hear from Stan today. He did text me saying that he is calling in but didn't give any specifics. So um, so we'll see. Uh, anyway, 5569696 is the number. Let's see. Today is International Chorizo Day. We eat <laughs> in this house. I would say that... Uh, aside from any member of the Latin American community, we eat more chorizo than anyone. And it's because we're nuts about the chori queso at La Carreta. And we, we have a very particular way of eating it. And I now, in trying to be a little better, slightly discriminatory. I, uh, I assess the value of the chips when they come. Because sometimes chips are kind of too dark. Sometimes they're too greasy. Sometimes they're absolute perfection. And when they're absolute perfection, it demands chori queso, I think. So we... we change the flour tortillas out to corn tortillas, thereby making ourselves feel slightly better. And then we start hitting the chips pretty hard. We also get a pico, an extra order of pico de gallo, so we can have a little veggies in there. And then it becomes a complete meal. So we do eat a, 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 an astonishing, embarrassing amount of chorizo in this house. But getting back to the International Chorizo Day, chorizo is a dense pork sausage made in Spain and Portugal, as well as most of the former colonies of those two countries. The pork is chopped and packed with a visible amount of fat along with seasonings. Smoked paprika, we'll say it the European way since we're talking about a European dish. 
Smoked paprika is one of the major spices, which gives the sausage a little piquancy and a red color. Most Spanish chorizo is cured and smoked and can be eaten as is. In this part of the world, there's another kind of chorizo, chorizo fresca. This must be cooked before being eaten. Chefs are finding more uses for both kinds of chorizo in their cookery. It's good almost any way it's used, with eggs as a seasoning meat in a salad, with mussels, there's a lot of that, and as tapas, a restaurant that takes chorizo seriously may have several varieties of the sausage. You know, we love chorizo that is ground and used as sort of a ground meat, i.e. in the queso. Chorizo, when it's hard, I kind of almost find unpleasant to eat. I don't know that I've ever had it sliced though so thin as to make it kind of a pepperoni, but I do really strongly feel that all chorizo is not created equal and that, that we in the Fitzmorris house who like fake Mexican food tend toward the ground um, chorizo rather than I think what would probably be regarded as much more authentic chorizo, the beef jerky type or the pork jerky type, the really, really hard sausage. Anybody else have any thoughts on chorizo? Because it is a most interesting food item. And, uh, you know, I guess in my younger days, in the Vienna sausage days, I wouldn't even have known what chorizo was, much less run across it. So I think it's becoming much more widely available and not such an exotic food item. But um, I think there's a lot of different kinds and there's a lot to say about it. 5569696 is the number. Today in 1903, the Patent Office granted a trademark for Pepsi Cola. It's named for pepsin, an enzyme that was supposed to help digestion, and cola nut, which supplied not only a distinctive flavor, but also caffeine. The formula also included vanilla and fruit extracts. Pharmacist, it's always a pharmacist that develops these things. Pharmacist Caleb Bradham was its creator, and like most druggists, he had a soda fountain in his establishment. Are you a Pepsi person or a Coke person? I would really like to take an actual poll on this. I venture to say that most people, well, I think this is true, unfortunately, of a lot of things. Most people don't have a strong opinion about it. If they want to drink a soda and they're sitting somewhere and they order a Coke, which is more likely what they would order, although there are some people who I think prefer the taste of Pepsi. So if you ordered a Coke and are told that there's only Pepsi, are you likely to say, forget it? Or are you likely to say, oh, okay. I'm kind of curious about that. I, because I have very strong opinions about it, never ever say Pepsi is okay. I don't care for the taste of Pepsi at all. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people feel that way, but maybe not, maybe that's not true at all. So I'm just curious if you have a strong opinion about Coke versus Pepsi, what would that be? 5569696 is the number. We're going to take a little break and come right back.
Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs, with a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. And it's crawfish season. Having a boil? Bring your ice chest to Mandeville Seafood. Celebrating 25 years. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? We do. We do love Gershwin. Who doesn't love Gershwin? Thank you, Tom. Let's go to Greg. Greg? Hey, Marianne. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm doing great because I'm the gourmet first caller. I lived up to my moniker. Well, you have to be the gourmet first caller every day now. Are you going to commit to this? I know. I can't remember a few years ago <laughs> I was, but it's, I, this thing called this thing called life got in the way, you know. Yeah, job and all that. All right. All that stuff. It's just it's hard, but I, I try still to do what you know my, my once a week, you know. So or maybe okay. twice a week. Like yeah, but I listen every day. I guess that that's really what matters the most, right? I'm not sure anymore. I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> This two-hour monologue stuff is getting old. Go ahead. Uh, no, it's okay. So, good question. It's always, you know, kind of like Nike and Reebok with, you know, or McDonald's and Wendy's. Uh, Coke and Pepsi. I'm, I'm Pepsi all the way. Are you really? Huh. 100%. Now, oh, yeah. Okay, so has this been forever since the first time you tasted no. it? No, not at okay. all. I was, I was Coke, but you always bring up on the show sometimes how Coke in the 90s. And then, yep. like, I think the mid or the 80s, late, yeah, they changed their form. They did something to it. Yep. And I became mm -hmm. Pepsi ever since. Really? Now, do you actually prefer the taste of Pepsi now because you're used to it? Or do you, no, is do. it a political thing? You do? Oh, no, okay. no, no. Huh. No, no, I just, okay. it's, it's a taste thing, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Hmm. I wonder what the it statistics are in that. I'm going to try and, and look them up because, uh, I obviously Pepsi does well enough. They acquire a lot of big corporations. So um, I, I'm I'm curious to see the health of both companies, though, and and what the what the tendencies are of people toward both of those soft drinks. Right, anyway. it's a regional thing too. The Midwest is going to vary from the Southeast. The Mid Atlantic is going to be different than the West Coast. Um, Coke tends to be stronger in the South, for sure, you know, but if you head up to the Midwest and Northeast, I think you see a lot more Pepsi. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you know Just what? That bears investigation, so I'm going to make that uh, another one of my um, one of my projects, okay? Yeah. On top How of the, the spam masubi. Oh. Go ahead. What's a real, give me a real quick synopsis on the weekend. I, thought, I think you guys said last week you were going to the South Shore, right? We we went to Commander's and we went to uh, Crescent City Steakhouse. And there is a piece uh, just today, I believe, in um, 
it's, it should be on the website, but also in the newsletter um, on, on commanders. Uh, but the brief oh. synopsis, we talked about this yesterday. The brief synopsis was that Friday we had a peculiar dinner at Crescent City, which had nothing at all to do with Crescent City and everything to do with us. Um, we, uh, Tom was not wanting to stay very long at, at, uh, Crescent City. So I was a little nervous. The steaks were yeah. fine. Everything was great. It's just that Tom had decided after the garlic bread and onion rings that it was time to go. <laughs> that was <Yeah>. a little <laughs> problematic. Um, especially since we had a whole bunch of food coming and I really kind of went a little crazy ordering potatoes. We had shoestring, we had, uh, the Leonese potatoes and then, uh, something called, um, German potatoes. So we had a lot of stuff coming oh, okay. and I pretty much almost had to tie Tom to the chair, but that was okay. And I, yeah. But I was a little nervous about Saturday night because we had friends meeting us at Commanders and I actually called them and said, look, you know, we might be there for only uh, one course. But as it turned out, it was a lovely evening. We stayed for several hours and um, nice. and it was, yeah, it was, it was nice. Um, are you a Commanders fan? Yes. Yeah. Not my okay, That's that's exactly how I would say it. Yeah. That's exactly. Like Tom said with you know Antoine's is not the best in town, but it was his favorite. So same thing with Commanders. It's probably a really, you know, high regarded, great place, but it's not my favorite. Okay. Well, now you know that's an interesting question too. Whose favorite is it? Because I automatically assume that it is revered, and I've said that the meal was fine you know, fine. And that's the response I've gotten from everyone I've said that to is that's kind of the way I feel about it too. So who's nuts about commanders? Please call us 556-9696. Somebody must be because it's packed all the time. All the time. Absolutely. Yeah. All the time. Well, anyway, that's yeah. all I wanted to share with you. And uh, if you really do pose that question though, because Coke, Pepsi, that would be, I think Coke would probably be the win in, in a landslide if I had to guess, but I'm, the I'm national favorite. I don't know. Well, you're you're right. I think there are regional differences. So you know yeah. that that really might factor into it. And if you if you're talking about the regional differences being in more densely populated places like you know New York, if if that whole northeastern corridor is solid Pepsi, that's a lot of people. That's so I don't know. Yeah, that is you know. Yeah. You know what you don't yeah. do. I'm gonna look. Maybe it's on Ranker. Have you ever gone to Ranker? I've heard of it, but no, I've not gone to it. No, R-A-N-K-E-R.com right. has all kinds of cool little studies like that, and they'll send the, you know, the favorite Halloween candy of every state and stuff like that. So they right. probably got something. So we're going to have to look that up at the break and see if there's anything Coke versus Pepsi yep. on Ranker. All right, Greg, did okay. you ever make it to Suertes? I'm still waiting. I know, I know. I need to go, and I will definitely let you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care. <laughs> five five Thanks. six nine six nine six. There's Greg, our sometime first caller. Sometime first caller. I forgot to ask him about chorizo because he lives in Austin, where there's probably a lot more chorizo eaten than here, and uh, and I'm sure he's done his share of eating it. I know that he's a fan of Torchy's tacos, which is one of our favorites. Although I have said before, and I warned my daughter about this, that I think that the Torchies in Baton Rouge is not as good as the ones that are not 
on college campuses. So there may be a discrepancy in the college campus roll it out quick version of these chains and and uh, you know the other experience. Although our son will drive down to Orange County to go to Canes, and either he hasn't had it in a long time or it really is the same, but he is always thrilled when he goes. And he's turning his kids onto little Caniacs. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. It's also the birthday of another great American junk food, Cracker Jack, eighteen ninety three. The achievement of its creator R. W. Ruckheim was to coat popcorn and peanuts with caramel in such a way that they wouldn't stick together. The name was slang of the time for something that would be called awesome today. Sailor Jack and his dog Bingo were on the box from the beginning. Now, I know we've talked about Cracker Jack before, and I feel like Cracker Jack definitely lost something in the translation when they went kind of digital instead of the real toy in the box, because of course, you know, litigation and you know, cir circa modern day America and things that were just normal back then can't be anymore. So I think they got rid of the actual tangible toy that was in there, which kind of made Cracker Jack worth it and put some digital code cracking thing in there. <laughs> Let's go to Steve. Hello, Steve. I'm the gourmet every once in a while erratic caller. No, you're more than once every once in a while. Okay. And I love I'm you the, for it. That's not a diss. Go ahead. I'm I'm the erratic caller. Okay. Uh, the the Coke thing, I prefer Coca-Cola. Uh, there's a real good chance I will, if they say all we've got is Pepsi, switch to something else. I may not. Um, but a couple things. One you know, we're doing the Walmart shopping now where you just pull up and they hand you the, they put stuff in the car for you. And Susan and I are drinking, we were drinking Dr. Pepper, Diet Dr. Pepper, and we have switched to the Diet Dr. Thunder. Dr. What? Dr. Thunder. What it's is that? Walmart's, it's Walmart's Dr. Pepper. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper and... <laughs> You know, it's every bit as good. Well, I'd say this about you, to quote Nicole Dorignac, you are absolutely not brand dependent. Uh-uh. No, absolutely yeah. not. Yes. But um, Dr. I'm, Thunder. I've never even heard of that, but then I don't yeah. drink Dr. Pepper either. Okay. Yeah. Mm. It's, if you like Dr. Pepper, try Dr. Thunder. Uh, it's a lot cheaper. And, you know, it's – so anyway, uh, I also was watching the History Channel the other day talking about soft drinks, and they said Budweiser, Starbucks, Red Bull, and Pepsi, and one other company, I can't remember what it is, all combined don't approach Coke's sales. Is that right? <gasps> yeah. Wow. Yeah, so does Pepsi does Pepsi own those other companies? Pepsi Co? No. No. Okay. Okay. But Pepsi wow. is owned by Pizza Hut, 
Taco no, Bell. No, PepsiCo, PepsiCo owned Pizza Hut, Taco well, Bell, and Kentucky all, Fried yeah, Chicken. But I'm saying it's all the same company. It is the same company. But now, but I thought that they spun those three off to Darden. I I. I'm yeah, not I argue think that, that I don't know that. For I sure. think a few years ago they spun off the three big food corporations, and and Darden owns those now. I can check yeah. on that, but I, I think that's how it went. But I was really yeah. surprised that you know there was one other that's company. Stunning. There were like five pretty major companies that didn't that approach is Coke stunning. numbers, including Budweiser, huh? Yeah, wow. yeah, that's Good the one grief. that I went wait. Budweiser yeah. and PepsiCo, or huh. Pepsi-Cola don't. Uh, and I'm not, yeah, you know, I, like I said, Pepsi doesn't bother me, but I like Coca-Cola better. Well, I feel like this is this is the question that I ask, because I do think, I, to my taste, Coke is far superior to Pepsi. As a matter of fact, I simply will not drink Pepsi. And that's why I drink so much iced tea now, because when Coke pulled their little stunt at the end of the 80s, uh, I switched to iced tea because Pepsi was out of the question and just never went back to drinking any kind of soft drinks. So yeah. um, they lost this customer back then. But I don't believe that there were – I mean, like, Greg seems really, really, um, really mellow in saying, oh, okay, I'll have a Pepsi. I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think most people are either – Either in they're in the camp hard, whichever one it is. What? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. For me, I will. There's a good chance I'll say no and switch to something else. If 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 all I got is Pepsi. Yeah. If I really okay. want a soft drink, I, uh-huh. you know, I may drink a uh-huh. Pepsi. I don't think they're terrible, but no, I'm not brand loyal. The only brand I'm loyal to is Susan. <laughs> All right. Well, that's interesting. I am. I am going to have to do some research on this because uh, I think. I think this is one of the things I want Nicole to start doing. We've been talking about this, but we haven't really done it. But I want her to get into brand dependency and all of the the things that consumers consume and how they do it. All right. We have to move on. Thank you, Steve, for calling. It is two thirty. It's time for the Louisiana Network News, and we'll be back with more after this. Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Brooke Thorington. Forecasters expect a tropical depression will form in the Gulf of Mexico tomorrow or early Friday. Jeff Palermo has more on the impacts for Louisiana. Marty Calhoun with the National Weather Service in Lake Charles says the disturbance that's been sitting in the Bay of Campeche will begin to head north on Thursday. It should get its act together pretty quickly after that. Calhoun says they are still not sure where the system will make landfall or how strong it will get. But South Louisiana should prepare for a lot of rain on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, it's already looking like it's going to be a pretty big washout. Strong winds are also a possibility with this system. I'm Jeff Palermo. As cleanup efforts continue in East Baton Rouge Parish from flooding last month, officials say they've collected enough debris to bury the field at Tiger Stadium under a pile of more than 10 feet deep. DRC Emergency Services says they've collected 22,000 cubic yards of debris so far. LRN. This is for those who always show they care. Who told their kids everyone 12 and older is eligible for a COVID vaccine. Those who explain to their cousins that vaccines prevent nearly 100% of hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19. This is for the ones protecting those they love. Thank you. 
We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. If you are experiencing abuse, there are hundreds of advocates like me ready to help you make the best decision for you and your family. No matter your age, race, financial status, or gender, domestic abuse does not discriminate, and neither do we. Let us help you take the first step toward a better future. Call 888-411-1333. It's free, confidential, and available 24 hours. That's 888-411-1333. Join Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA every Friday on Facebook for Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Fridays from the Funky Uncle is a webcast featuring New Orleans funk musicians playing live music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans who are impacted by COVID-19. You can also contribute during the show through the use of our virtual tip bucket. So be with us every Friday at 7 p.m. on Facebook to have a funky time and support our music community from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float the Funky Uncle Lounge. For more info, follow us on social media at Fridays from the Funky Uncle. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. The melodious sounds of Tom Fitzmorris on the food show. Let's go to Michael's 75. Hello. Hello, there. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, great. Uh I'm celebrating a special day in Ireland today. I'm going to have boiled bacon and cabbage and a Guinness stout tonight. Do you know what I'm <gasps> celebrating? Hmm. You're, you're a reader. You're a great uh, incessant reader. Uh, you've got to know this, right? What's today? What's today? June, today is June. Bloom's Day. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've, as a matter of fact, I'm about to get to that. In literature today, it's Bloom's Day, yes, from James Joyce Ulysses, correct, yes. Uh, I, we say Ulysses over here, they say Ulysses in Europe. Well, I, you know, Michael, I'm sorry you're going to think less of me, but I did not read that book. Well, it takes, it's, a, it's a yeoman's task to read that. It's about it a is. And, and that's the thing with me. I will read a book that is a yeoman's task if, um, if they grab the yeoman in the first couple of 50 <laughs> pages. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but other than that, I'm just not going to slog through. There's too many yeah, things that I would like to read. That's, that's a little tough reading, just like uh, Faulkner. Yes. Yes. But anyway, anyway, um, uh, today, my wife and I returned to the scene of the, not a crime, but of the great event a, a week ago, where we gave it a 100 umami rating uh, to Pascal's Manali's version of uh, the, uh, oh, uh-huh. the, uh, the oyster pan roast. Oyster pan roast. The combination pan roast. However, yes. today, I dropped it down tw- 12 points to an 88 umami. It was a little watery and it lacked a little bit of flavor. However, Uh-oh. it had we we it's just a little appetizer. That's all we ate. We both came out of there and we didn't eat anything else. Completely stuffed for hours. Uh, he must have invented <laughs> some new kind of diet product. It expands in your stomach. Okay, so now the oyster, I've asked you this before, the oyster pan roast. Did you ever read that piece in nomenu.com? No, I didn't read it yet, but it's it's a combination pan roast, an oyster, shrimp, and crab meat. Okay, but they do have the regular oyster pan roast, right? I don't, I don't think so. 
I think that's the only well, thing I'm going to say. Hmm. Because we had it a couple of months ago, and it was just the oysters. But um, Well, you really the, can't tell <laughs> the other things. They're, they're immersed in there so much. Okay, well, maybe then we did have it, and I'm saying it's an oyster pan roast, but it's always been called the oyster pan roast, so maybe right. maybe it's a seafood pan roast, but they call it oyster. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check on that. Uh, so you haven't had, have you had the oysters oreganado at Filippo? No, I haven't. Uh, okay. we, well, if, if one more um, rating out of the 90s at Pascal's, then I'll be going to Filippo's. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because Michael, I have to I have to get your report on the oysters oreganado, which to me is the single best oyster dish in town. Uh, I'm going to have to do that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Jacques Pepin has a great little tip on how to prepare a quick vinaigrette. He said it's the best. If you look okay. on uh, YouTube, he'll, he'll tell well, you how to do that. Well, and I'm not going to look on YouTube, so tell me how to do it. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. It's a traditional thing, but I think he had one special thing. But uh, my memory at seventy-eight is failing. Oh. But uh, uh, but I could still hit a baseball uh, seventy-eight miles an hour. All right. Okay. Uh, I, I challenge anybody out there to come throw it to me. Okay. Now, Michael, here's my question to you before you go. If you if you're leaving, and if you're not leaving, finish your finish your list, and then okay, uh, before the you list. go. I, well, we had this great little parakeet for years. His name was Picasso, and he would he would say, "I love you" and kiss you at, uh, right after. And then he would say, "Kiss, kiss, kiss," and kiss you. Did all kinds of other things. He died, so we buried him in the backyard and put a rose in there, just like they do uh, did for Raphael in the uh, in, in in the famous Pantheon in uh, Rome. Uh, he didn't just die, did he? He didn't just Sorry? die, did he? He didn't just die, did he? Yeah, about three or four months ago. Uh, anyway, okay. Anyway, yeah. anyway, so the the rose deteriorated. We just left it out there, and, uh, and then new roses completely bloom uh, like every two or three weeks. A beautiful red rose blooms. I didn't know that it, it would do that. Wait a second. You threw a rose out there, or well, you no, planted no, a plant, rose bush? I planted oh, okay. I took a rose, and okay. I planted it in the ground. It de deteriorated completely, and never did a thing to it. For the last, uh, it's, it's reappeared like every, uh, four times in the last three or four months. Okay, now I have to get this straight because I'm I'm really intrigued by this. You're telling me that you took a cut rose and stuck it in the ground. Is that is that what you said? Yes. <gasps> no kidding. Well, yeah, you know what? I was just I was just talking to my grandson, who's quite the gardener out in Los Angeles, and I told him about I've got this little garden, which is kind of sad. I've got two gardens. I've got one on the counter in the kitchen, which is basil and mint, and it's becoming somewhat of a jungle. It's inside. It's temperature controlled, but it gets sunlight all day long. Then I've got a, a garden that's outside, which is tomatoes, peppers, and I took, and, and it's not doing very well. As a matter of fact, the tomato bushes have not sent a tomato anywhere. The, the yellow flowers have come and gone, and they're just wilting on the vine. So um, I did take a broccoli uh, uh, stalk. And I threw it outside. I told this story yesterday, and it is it is becoming a broccoli plant. So I think that stuff happens a lot, actually. But I didn't yeah, know you could do it with roses. 
Oh, okay, because you, you, you destroyed the miracle of the Picasso. I thought it was something unusual. No, no, I mean, maybe it is the miracle of Picasso. Maybe it is, you know? Okay. I'm going to anyway, try it, though. Anyway, I hate to say this, but I agree with you on the white-packed I albacore. hate for you to say it, too, Michael. White-packed albacore. It's fabulous. Tuna. Yeah, it's it's the only way to go. Now, before, are you finished your list? Tell me when you're finished your list. Okay, so here's the other one. I got commanders at number 11 in the city. I'll give you my top 10 tomorrow if you want it. Sure, sure. I would love to hear your top 10. Well, just okay. it's a cliffhanger. We'll wait with bated breath for Michael's <laughs> the, the top last 10. Thing, I, I love what? that deal with Cracker Jack going uh, online because that's called seven words, progress. I'm how are, how is letters, progress? Seven letters, seven I was letters. about to say, how is progress? Seven words. Okay, thank you. Okay, okay well, great. you you and I, you and I, you know, have different opinions about that. We'll Double. just yeah. we'll agree to disagree. All right, now, but here's the here's the question I wanted to ask you, Michael. So you're getting a Guinness tonight. You're having Guinness tonight, right? Okay, right. Now, do you agree with the thesis that Guinness? in the United States tastes 100% different than Guinness on Irish soil. I agree with that, but it may 100%. be a, a mental thing because when we went to, no. pub in, we went to a pub in Ireland, my wife and I, we were drinking Guinness. And uh, what I loved is the people at the bar, they just, they're so friendly, they just start talking to you out of the booth. Well, it is not a mental thing because I am not a beer drinker. I mean, I'll, I'll drink a beer to be polite, but I'm not in any way a connoisseur of beer. And I had a Guinness in the States a few years ago, and I thought, ooh, what, what do people see in this? And so when we were in Ireland a couple of years ago, the cab driver, who was full of blarney, generally speaking, uh, told us that we should not leave the country without having a Guinness. And I said, but I don't like Guinness. And he goes, you don't like Guinness because you've never had it here. You have it here and you're going to see a major difference in Guinness. And in fact, he was 100% correct. It went down like water over there. And it's it's supposed to be the water and the heavy, heavy controls of the family on the product. And I, I believe it. I believe it. I think you so. could be right, but uh, you might be right, but you might be crazy, but it might be a lunatic <laughs> you're looking for. You know that line? Oh, there's plenty enough lunatics out there, okay? You, plenty you, enough. You know, that, what, you know what that line I is? I do okay. know it. Of course, it's a Billy Joel song, yes. Right, exactly. Now, yes. uh, speaking of Blarney, uh, you know, I, I, I went up on this big tower. They, they leaned me over. Uh, with my right. face facing the ground, and I kissed a stone called the Blarney Stone. Yeah. They gave me right. a certificate, and, and since then I've been. Uh, they said you will now have the gift of spreading gas. Blarney I was, all around. I, I was a very shy person before that. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I said since then you've been spreading Blarney all around. <laughs> all right, Michael. On that okay. note, take your Blarney okay, and G see us tomorrow. GG, Mister G. Five five six nine six nine six. I know that's tough to follow. That is tough to follow. I will grant you that. But 
prevail. Try anyway. 556-9696. That's all we do. Talk about food here. And, uh, you know, we do get off the subject from time to time. Speaking of being off the subject and travel, it's kind of thrilling. I went to the mailbox the other day and it was stuffed with cruise stuff and hotel things, which I won't be using for a long time, but it's indicative that things are, that we're pulling out, we're pulling out. And so people are heavily marketing again, which is a wonderful thing. So yay, um, go, go on a trip for me, all of you. Five five six nine six nine six. Let's see. Today, Archie Fairley Carr, a native, uh, I mean, a marine biologist, was born in 1909. He spent much of his career studying sea turtles, and as a result, discovered why their numbers were decreasing so rapidly. His work had two results: we no longer use green sea turtles for turtle soup, as we did as recently as the 80s. I did not know that. And the turtle populations are beginning to rebound. I thought that turtles were, uh, I, I thought that turtle soup was pretty much a regional kind of thing. And, um, and that we use those kawain, as they call it. But I don't eat turtle soup or any reptile, further proving my uh, bona fides as a, let's see, chicken nugget and ranch person. <laughs> okay, so Tony, since I'm going to keep using uh, that, that reference, um, it reminds me that we didn't talk to you about uh, Dr. Thunder. So weigh in on Dr. Thunder as he did in my ear about 15 minutes ago. Yeah, so I think Dr. Thunder is leaps and bounds better than Dr. Pepper. And that might be a controversial opinion to someone, um, but I think anyone who really drinks sodas and especially like the, uh, the grocery store brand sodas will agree with me wholeheartedly. Those for some reason just are better tasting than those name brand sodas, especially if you get big red, big red is like a cookout staple to me. If I go to a cookout, I'm not picky. I'm happy I got invited. But if I see the knockoff brand sodas at the cookout, I know I'm at a good cookout. <laughs> I love that. Okay, now, so I have to tell you, I am such a non-soda drinker that I didn't even know there was such a thing as supermarket brand sodas. I, I, I didn't know that. I thought there were only the big guys. Now, we have knockoff brands. Wait, what were they called? Check. Check sodas. That's Is that, the one. That would qualify? Okay. Absolutely. Okay, so I have this I have this brother who I really hope is not listening right now. But we have this um, we have a very large family. And so for many years, and it's kind of petered out now, which is sad, but for a number of years, like twenty, we owned Thanksgiving. People would come to this house, but fifty people, and we had a big Thanksgiving gathering. And we did all the cooking in the Fitzmaurice house. We do all the cooking, but we had people bring certain things that were extra. So we assigned to my brother and his family for only one year, because they failed so miserably at it, 
we told them to bring soft drinks and they brought a big pile of those check drinks. And when we saw them, we were just like, I don't think so. So they were fired immediately. They did not get drinks assigned to them ever again because we wanted Coke and only the real deal and not those knockoff drinks. So I'm glad to hear that somebody is drinking the knockoff drinks. They're the good ones, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on your on your palate. Like, you know, Tom is elf. And if, if it's not sweet, it's not good. I mean, seriously, he really is that much of a sweet tooth. And to me, if I can, I can sense sweet anywhere, you know. So if he opens a packet of sweet and low and the cloud of sugar hits my nose, I'm just like, ugh. So maybe, maybe it's a sweet thing. You know, are these check drinks sweeter than the average kind? Um, I would say they're, they're comparable. And I don't really think it's sweetness as much as it is like the uh the boldness and the crispness like you know how pepsi just kind of tastes like a watered down version of coke the czech brand just has like a uh, i don't want to sound like a soda connoisseur but it's more <laughs> full-bodied if you will <laughs> well you know what you're making me want to go taste this like a regular if i bought a czech brand soda what what flavor should i get um, i mean i feel like i should get cola yeah, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good one. Um, I don't know if these are all Czech brand, but I would definitely recommend Dr. Thunder and Big Red. Big Red is like a red cream soda. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that yeah. one is like summertime dream. Well, what, what about Bark's Red Cream Soda? It's good, but it's uh-huh. not Big Red. Again, the knockoff brand, for some reason, oh, just okay. better. Huh. Wow. You know what? I'm going to have to, next time I go to the supermarket, try to remember, first of all, because I would never do this otherwise, uh, go to the, 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 the soft drink aisle and just see what's there. Because, I mean, I, I never drink it and never buy it, and now you've got me curious. So I'll put that on my list of things to check out. Absolutely. All right. We are way overdue uh, for a break, so let's do that. Five five six nine six nine six. Right down the highway from the excellent Keith Young Steakhouse is Five Girls. And the food is very good casual fare. Here is a fantastic club sandwich with homemade potato chips, a great Cuban, good salads, and the best red beans and rice we have ever had. Poor boys, hamburgers, and terrific fried seafood. Five Girls, 305 Highway 21 in Madisonville. 985-845-2348. Night and day, you are the one. Thank you, Tom. 5569696. We're talking food here on The Food Show. That's what Tom has been doing for almost 33 years. Me, a little less than that. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris, but I'd still love to do that with you. We, as usual, go all over as we start down the Yellow Brick Road of food and we have talked uh, about Guinness and soft drinks, and no one's talked about chorizo, although I'm surprised by that because we are eating, maybe maybe it's just us, but I think that people are eating a lot more chorizo in the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. It's funny, we were just talking about um, Budweiser, and again, I hate to sound like an ignoramus, but I don't drink a lot of beer. It is Anheuser-Busch that, is the parent company of Budweiser. Is that correct, folks? Hey, you on the other end there? Not not the listeners. 
We have two people on the board. Our new board app, Patty, is training with Tony. So is that true? Do you know if that's true? I think it is. I think uh, Budweiser is owned by Anheuser-Busch. But just as a pure coincidence, today is the birthday of August Bush, which is kind of funny, 1940. And we just, just by pure coincidence, mentioned his uh, company's product. Five five six nine six nine six at three o'clock today. We have our friend Stan Meadows calling in, and uh, he's going to be, I guess, doing sort of a staycation report because he is in New Orleans right now and has been here for about a week. So I don't know if he's if our next report with him is going to be uh, from New Orleans because I think he was only planning to stay for two weeks. But um, I can't remember. Let's see. When I've done a, a, a staycation, I've done it a few times, usually when there's a family wedding or um, like Mardi Gras, something like that, and people come in and we usually check in downtown at the Windsor Court. And um, we haven't done it, though, in, I don't know, I want to say probably 10 years which is a pity. No, that's not true because because we did it for Jude's wedding. So that was seven years ago. Well, that's still a long time ago. Anyway, I hope that uh, Stan has some great things to report about hanging out in town. I know that he went to the New Orleans Wine and Food Experience and they probably won something. So he'll probably talk about that a little bit. Words to drink by today come from Phil Harris, who was a sometime... Um, I won't say resident here. I think he might, though, have been sort of a part-time resident because I think his daughter was married to someone here. But he was a comedian, a musician, and an early king of Bacchus. And the reason for that was that he was a sometime resident here. He said, in the words to drink by, I'm going to be around until the Atomic Energy Commission finds a safe place to bury my liver. Yes, that was back in the day when people used to brag about about drinking a lot. And, it, you know, it's just so funny the way things have changed. The cheese of the day today is mascarpone. It's a very soft, fresh, double cream cheese made from cow's milk in the Lombardy region of Italy. Mascarpone has a texture that's almost fluffy, so much so that it's been compared with clotted cream which is our whipped cream. It can be used as a stuffing for ravioli and the like, but its best known use is in the dessert tiramisu, for which sugar is dissolved into the mascarpone cheese. That gives it the reputation as sweet, which it isn't really. It's often misspelled mascarpone. I've been pronouncing it mascarpone, haven't I? It's mascarpone, okay. Oh, what can you do? Five five six nine six nine six. Your words to eat by today always serve too much hot fudge sauce on hot fudge Sundays. It makes people overjoyed and puts them in your debt. That's Judith Olney. She's a food writer. I think that's true. I haven't had a hot fudge Sunday in a very long time, but it's nice to think about it, isn't it? When I was a kid, one of the best treats ever was um, 
our inferior brand ice cream, which was, if I remember correctly, and I know that I'm going to be, people will be screaming when they hear this, but um, K&B ice cream. It used to come in the very hard brick half gallon and we would get it and devour it and it would be a, um, well, then we started getting the gallon tubs of it, but um, it would be vanilla ice cream with, I guess, Hershey's sauce and chopped pecans. And even though all of those things would, except for the pecans, which were probably hand-picked at my house, all of those things would be a lesser version of what I'm used to eating now. But boy, it sure hit the spot back then. Good old hot fudge sundae is hard to beat. And I, I simply cannot remember the last time I had one. But I'm not going to have one when I get off the show. I don't have the ice cream and don't feel like going to get ice cream and actually don't feel like eating one now, but it was a great memory to even think about a hot fudge sundae. Five five six nine six nine six. Michael 75 talked a little bit about Bloomsday. It is so called by avid fans of James Joyce's landmark novel, Ulysses. The peripatetic wanderings of Leopold Bloom and the other characters in the book begin on this day and end the next. Much food and wine is consumed along the way. Tom once made the mistake of trying to listen <laughs> to an audiobook of Ulysses and found it impossible. Fortunately, he did have the actual book, which he should have read in college, and he says that one day he'll get to reading it and turning in his report to the professor in hopes of having the D reversed. I don't think he ever did get to reading Ulysses and obviously now will not, but oh well. Those are very dense. Although Tom was a big fan of um, Proust. What was it? Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. Marcel Proust. And I'm trying to think of the name of the book. Oh, Remembrances of Things Past. Yeah, he was a big fan of that. So if he got through that... I don't know why he couldn't have gotten through uh, Ulysses, but those are not the things that I tend to read. But my reading, I, I read weird things for sure. They're not dense like that. They're just weird. Edible Dictionary Word today brought to you by Dorignax, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time. Today's Edible Dictionary Word is plate. That's it. Not something you eat something on but a cut of beef adjacent to the lower end of the ribs. It's between the brisket and the flank. The word plate is used much more by butchers than by consumers. You will not often see the expression on the label of a package of beef. It has a lot of fat on both sides and a good deal of connective tissue too. It's a job to trim it down to remove all the chewy parts. What comes out of that effort is good indeed. Okay, so there you go. I've never even heard of uh, a plate, but um, I'm sure that I've eaten it at some point. Soft-shell crabs. You put soft-shell crabs in the hot grease. I guess this is one of Tom's deaf dining rules. 
because I'm, I'm trying to figure out where it starts on the page and I'm, I'm having a little bit of difficulty. So we'll just say that you put soft shell crabs into the hot grease. The only acceptable uses of the word are in a pejorative context as in the pot of chili had a half inch deep layer of orange grease floating on top. Let's eliminate grease from the language of fine cooking. Well, the truth of the matter is there's still a lot of grease and whatever you want to call it, I'm sorry, I know this sounds um, pedestrian itself, but animal fat tastes good. And I eat way too much of it for that reason, but it's good. It's three o'clock, WGSO New Orleans. We'll be back after the top of the hour news with Stan Meadows. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. President Biden says he raised some of the biggest issues dividing the United States and Russia during a summit with President Vladimir Putin, including Moscow's aggression toward Ukraine, alleged cyber attacks against the United States, and jailed Russian dissident Alexei Navalny. Biden also stressing he was candid with Putin regarding human rights. How could I be the president of the United States of America and not speak out? against the violation of human rights. Auditors from the Department of Health and Human Services offices of the Inspector General are probing whether National Institutes for Health officials properly managed research grants that ended up partially funding controversial gain-of-function research by China's Wuhan lab. The Wuhan lab has been linked to the coronavirus, which spread from China across the world. You're listening to USA Radio News. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. As life in America looks to return to normal, how can you succeed in the new stock market? With the tech dip, volatility with interest rates, and fear around the yield curve, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text the word money to 813-813 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text money to 813-813 to find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Text the word money to 813-813. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance and maximize your gains. Text money to 813-813. Experience Vantage Point for free. Learn how successful traders generate their wealth. Don't wait. Text the word money to 813-813. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. Russian President Vladimir Putin says he and President Biden have agreed to return to the United States and Russian ambassadors to their posts in Moscow and Washington, D.C. After his big summit with Biden in Geneva, Putin telling reporters the two sides have agreed to continue talks on nuclear security. And as far as his conversations with Biden, Putin saying the talks were very constructive. Personally, I was convinced that President Biden is an experienced person. And it's clear that we spoke face to face for almost two hours. It doesn't happen with all leaders that you have such a detailed conversation face to face. Speaking before the Senate, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says the United States is well on its way to a robust economic recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. Yellen was pressed about inflation during that Senate hearing and said it's being taken very seriously. You're listening to USA Radio News. Look, bud, I said your money or your life. I'm thinking it over. <laughs> 
The Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. The new Edgar Bergen Hour with Charlie McCarthy. Ah, if you say help me, I'll mow you down. Three hours a day, seven days a week of the greatest radio shows of all time. Classic radio theater. Available on many of these radio stations or available on demand anytime at any podcast app by searching USA Classic Radio Theater. USA Classic Radio Theater. Retired Tulsa Police Sergeant Sean Larkin is voicing his concern over a more hostile anti-police environment, noting fears law enforcement officials in America experience amid a rising crime and a push to make the police the bad guys. Larkin also says the word is out amongst crooks that some crimes, such as theft under certain dollar amounts, are not being prosecuted. Yeah, that, that, that's bonkers. You know, I spent the majority of my career uh, chasing violent criminal offenders. Uh, I was with the gang unit, with our crime gun unit, and guess what? Rain chance drops off tonight, comes back to widely scattered. One or two storms may come back tomorrow, and then sunny, mostly dry Thursday. 70s to low 80s in the morning, tomorrow and Thursday afternoons, highs of 90 to low 90s. Southern Gulf is the area of low pressure. We continue to monitor for possible development, drifting north towards the Gulf Coast, likely to produce some rains, possibly even heavy. Cross portions of the Gulf Coast late in the week or into the weekend. Thinking about retirement? Make sure a My Social Security account is a part of your plan. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can find out if you're eligible to receive benefits, compare retirement benefit estimates at different ages or dates, view spousal benefit estimates, and more. Plan for your future. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Of the food show, Marianne Fitzmorris wanting to talk food with you. But right now we're going to talk, I don't know, food and other things, I think, from our also peripatetic Stan Meadows. Hello there. You know, I've always Stan? got not much thing to talk about. <laughs> well, you're staycationing. Well, well, actually, that's not that wouldn't be true anymore, Stan. Since you're no longer a resident of New Orleans, you're a tourist now. Exactly, my home is in my hand, and wherever I'm <laughs> at, it's a staycation. There you since go. You All right. Up, and uh, but I'm currently, you're in New Orleans. New Orleans. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. But currently, you're in New Orleans. I am, and I'm having a good time. I'm getting a lot done. Uh, seeing Good. things I haven't seen, seeing, seeing friends. Good. How was Nalfi? Nalfi was great. Uh, Trinas <clears throat> did very well. They entered their uh, foul gumbo, mm-hmm. uh, which is what it is. Uh, you know, turkey, duck, chicken, some andouille sausage. And they won uh, with duck crackling uh, for the mm. garnish on it. And they won the gold for the soup portion of it. Uh, now, you don't get tired of winning, right? Because you always win. But you're not tired well, of it, right? 
No, no, not at all. Yeah. And yeah, the, how do you get tired the, of winning? Yeah, well, winning's great. Winning's better than yeah. losing. Uh, <laughs> and then the uh, the peach fizz dessert that they won, you know, with the Pop Rocks in it, uh, also yes. took a gold. Also <gasps> took a gold. No kidding. So it was very successful with that. I didn't have Trinas much time swept to it. Yep. Uh, so that was right. great. They, they did a good job with it. Uh, so then I went by there and ate over the weekend, and it's still as good as ever. Good. How are they doing? They're doing good. They're getting some good. business in there. I think with Nalfi, Yesternas host the Oyster Lab, uh, which uh, mm. Chef Jim Richard is in charge of, does, does the speaking for it. Uh, in the mm-hmm. hotel where they talk about five or six different kinds of oysters, and then he hosts a luncheon. And I think that got uh-huh. a little extra attention uh, whenever they do that. But they seem to be doing fine. Everybody is happy. Uh, what uh, is Oyster Lab? What is that? Tell us about it. It's uh, he puts it on each year. and they Oh, I see. Wine. Okay. Yeah, they get wines from different distributors. And then Jim cracks open five or different six different types of oysters uh, mm-hmm. and talks about it and explains the oyster and then they make them a lunch. I don't know what this year was on the lunch for, but it's mm-hmm. something evolves around oysters. It's mm-hmm. an educational thing. So it's only during NALFI? It's not something that that's a recurring thing? Nope, during NALFI only. Mm, okay. Have they ever thought about making it a recurring thing? Uh, I think They've got so much going on at the different restaurants that there's always something going on once a week at all of them, either in Florida or here. And so they mm-hmm. really don't want to repeat them, I don't think. I think that's the logic mm-hmm. behind okay. it. Keep mm-hmm. it fresh. Okay. Yeah, sure. Why not? All right. So tell us, what have you discovered as a new tourist in your former hometown? Well, I didn't really discover a whole lot. Uh, I, I went to places that I know. I went to Paran's and had a, a po' boy at their new location. Uh, I don't remember being in that location on Esplanade, and it was excellent. I've always liked their po' boys. They had their roast beef mm-hmm. po' boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the only thing that bothers me about some restaurants is they charge for every little thing, which I don't mind paying the price, but if you want to dress, it's 35 cents. If you want cheese on yeah. something, it's extra quarter. Yeah. They should mm-hmm. design the sandwich how they want to serve it, mm-hmm. sell it like that. And if you don't want it on there, take it off. Um, mm-hmm. Agreed. And I don't. I really don't know why that bothers me or why I, I let it enter my mind during lunch when that happens. Because <laughs> <laughs> it happens at several places. I guess it's just Does it really? Because I almost never yeah. see it. Where Where do you see it? I saw it today, actually, for the first time. And it's weird that you mention it, because I noted it. Where 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 do you see it? I, I guess in just places all across the United States that I've been driving through. I'd stop by and, can I get mm-hmm. uh, extra blue cheese <laughs> dressing? Oh, it's a quarter. You know, or, or whatever. So I think it maybe used to be worse than it is now. Uh-huh. Uh, and maybe because I ate a lot of uh, meat and threes. And yeah. Just what they, I think just that what could they be do. it. Yeah, they just what yeah. they do. But but I thought it was a very uh-huh. good place. Uh, very good po' boy. 
Mm-hmm. Very good phone okay. boy. I've always liked it. And then, mm-hmm. uh, of course, I ate at Trinas and enjoyed mm-hmm. that. I got to try the Pop Rock dessert, the peach fizz, and it was very interesting. And I got to eat <laughs> the stinky stew. Uh, stinky it, it, it stew? Stinky stew. It was made famous by Stinky's Fish Camp. Uh, oh, it's yeah. a basil, basil broth, basil butter broth. Huh. Uh, with all kinds of seafood in it, oysters. Uh, that sounds crab. great, actually. Yeah, it is great. It's got some fish in it. It's got mussels in it, actually. Uh, and it's just a broth, and it's it's served with uh, a, a crab po' boy, pressed crab boy, uh, named after Meemaw, the, the lady's recipe, and uh, Pascagoula. And that's always hmm. been on the on the menu there. Okay. And very good dish. If you ever get a chance to try it, you should. We're gonna go in there. We're gonna go in there soon. We're kind of, we're kind of starting to move back toward going across the lake. But it's kind of, it's kind of a hit or miss thing. You know, sometimes we start, but we don't make it. So, but we're trying to make it more over there. So, it's good. Yeah, and then uh, I'm going to uh, Jason Seether's restaurant in Harahan. Uh, seafood, seafood. He, uh, uh-huh. yeah, and and I I don't know him well. I doubt if he would even know me if he seen me who I was. But he he is one of the most. He's so excited about the restaurant business. Every time I see him at the <laughs> Po' Boy Fest or at the Maple Leaf Cooking Crawfish or mm-hmm. you know whatever I see him, he just always seems really excited about it. And he was mm-hmm. on that uh, TV show, I think. Uh, diners, dives, and drive-ins. Mm-hmm. Not that mm-hmm. anything to do with it. Uh, uh-huh. But I, I want to go down there and eat some of his food while I'm in town. Okay. Well, that's kind of an obscure corner of the world out there. There's a cute little place at the end of that road if you're still hungry. And it's called uh, Yaya's Comfort Kitchen. And it's an adorable little guy who has some, uh, some as I love to mock the phrase now, bona fides <laughs> of uh, the A-list restaurants. And he's doing stuff like, you know, fried chicken, stuffed bell peppers, and, you know, the New Orleans uh, cliche dishes, but he does them very well. And uh, and he's his name is Connor Mullins, and uh, we he came on our radar through Scott Craig, which is an excellent credential. So, um, yeah. so if you uh, are exploring food in that area, he's down at the very end of the same road, not the Riverside, but the Airline Highway side. They're, and they're open for lunch. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where I'll go. So you can do a little dine around. You can do a little dine around. Yeah, that's exactly what I have to do. And then I'm, then Jim Richard is taking me fishing, uh, oh. on the uh, Chandelier Islands. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Right off, right off. I think it's thirty miles off off the coast for three days. Three days. Oh, trip. nice. So that, that's going to be fun. I'm looking very forward to that. Tell oh. tell Jim that I have eaten more fresh parsley in the last year since talking to him than I've ever eaten in my life. And I feel much healthier as a result 
because it's so good with its vitamin C. But I, I've never viewed parsley the same way and never will. And it's become one of my go-to ingredients. I, don't, I will never be as passionate about it as he is. No one His will ever brother, be as passionate about it as he is. But, but he know. has Cajun certainly Ed. put it on my Cajun radar. Ed what? Cajun Ed was pretty passionate about it. <laughs> well, it must be a Richard thing. It must be some... It must be some uh, family disorder or something because, <laughs> because I've never seen anyone quite so passionate about it. But, uh, you know, I mean, it is good for you, but I do, um, I do really, really use it a lot. I mean, it's like I feel like a dish is naked if it doesn't have parsley in it somewhere. Anyway, all right, we're going to take a break and we'll be back with Stan Meadows, who is back in New Orleans right now. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are seldom what they seem. The melodious voice of Tom Fitzmorris. Thank you, Tom. All right, Stan, where else have you gone? Well, I've been having to practice shooting pool because I'm going to get back on the tournament circuit shooting nine ball whenever I'm on the uh, tamale trail. And so Ooh. I've been shooting, okay. shooting pool, and that's usually a later night function for me. So I've been ending up at Dot's Diner. Uh, oh, yeah? Which, which I love Dot's Diner. It, uh-huh. it is what it is, you know. Uh, uh-huh. But that's about all the eating out that I've been doing. But I've still got I've still got another week being here to go. When to are you leaving? Probably next Thursday or Friday. I'm gonna go fishing mm. uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. So I'll probably still be here Thursday okay. and Friday. Uh, but Jim's okay. coming to town today, and I think him and I are gonna go. He'll take me to a few few places to eat. So. Oh, good. You know, now this is not your style place, but everybody's talking about it. Have you have you made your way to the uh, the Peacock Lounge at the New Kimpton Hotel? No, I haven't. Have you heard of it? No, no. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's supposed to be now. It's kind of it's kind of swanky. You're more of a meat and three kind of guy, but uh, it it is kind of you know the the new kid in town that that's getting buzzed. So um, I just thought I'd mention it. I mean, it's not some place you could bring your canine children, but um, you know, it, it's a it's a place, and you probably don't want to get dressed up. But that's kind of a, a hot new place. 
in town. I've got, I've got since you're only here. Dancing mm-hmm. shoes. You've got what? Your dancing shoes? <laughs> a, a jacket and some dancing shoes. Maybe I could go by there anyway. Just go check it out. I guess you know it's uh, <laughs> it's it's a place we have to go check out too. We haven't been over there yet, but it's been open a couple of weeks. So, what is your goal? Do you have a goal of uh, besides Seether's of a place to uh, to be or visit? Some a favorite that you don't want to leave town without visiting? I will probably. I'm actually thinking about going to Commander's Palace uh, and and tasting the uh, the food since they, since Tories left. See what happens. See what we did that Saturday left. night. We did it Saturday night. Oh, did did you? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, and um, and I uh, I have a review in uh, on the newsletter today, but also on the website. And um, I would I'd be curious to hear your thoughts about that. And I I have my own thoughts, which were in the the piece. But um, I mean, were you a, a major Commanders fan before? No. I've okay. ne- never been a major Commanders <laughs> fan. I've I've never had a bad experience at Commanders uh-huh. at all. Okay. Uh, and did you hear the earlier part of the show? Did you hear what I said earlier in the show? Not about Commanders. I heard a couple things that you had said about Budweiser and uh, yeah. Pepsi. Well, I was saying I was referencing that because someone asked how it was at Commanders, and I said. I said to the person, how do you feel about Commanders? Because it is this absolute sort of um, Oz-type restaurant. You know, everyone thinks that it's everyone's favorite restaurant. And if a person is coming in town, you know, you you can't miss Commanders. But when I talk to people and I say that Commanders is not, you know, really the high in the top five on my list. It's just not ever been there, you know, and everybody says, yeah, me neither. And I'm thinking, well, who, who, who is thinking these right. thoughts about commanders? So I, I, that's why I asked you because I was wondering if you were going to say, oh my gosh, it's one of my favorites. I got to go. Cause I'm, I'm wondering who all these people are. It's always packed. It's always packed. And, and I enjoy going there. There's nothing that just, just- I go there maybe once or twice a year at the most. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's ever, interesting. So. Yeah. Well, let let me know when you uh when you go. I want to tell you that um I like I said I would love to rendezvous with you, but I was going to throw out the idea since you've got your traveling home, if you want to come on to our side over here, there's a place that we really like, which is new. It's a Pat Gallagher restaurant right on the lakefront. And um, it'd be fun to kind of sit out in the evening and, and just visit if you uh, have yourself a free evening and would like to make that effort. That's just a just mentioning it be, in case you... That'd be great on the way out of town if it works out. I'll get hold of you we'll... I yeah. figured that. Okay. I'd like to do that. Okay. You got to meet. Okay. You still got me, Franco Collenberg. I do. I absolutely do, and I want to see your home. I want to see the. Uh, you know, it's like you talk to someone, and you have a, an image of something, but it may not be an actual reality. So I would be interested in seeing, uh, seeing the home, the traveling home, and the canine children. All right. What else you got? Anything? Uh, anything fascinating you need to report? Nothing. What have fancy. you been cooking? Have you done any cooking here? Oh, I've been I've been going to uh, 
grocery stores and getting ribs already cooked every now and then or something like that. I haven't been slaving over the stoves, but I've been eating. Uh, yeah, well, good. I mean, you don't come here to cook. You come here to eat. No. So did you no. did you stock up on supplies? Is that what you've been doing? Well, I had a little business to take care of. I've been out looking looking at a few things I've been wanting to look at, trying to figure mm-hmm. out what I'm going to do after the tamale drill. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's, okay. that's what I've been doing. Uh, uh-huh. But, okay. but um, you know, I heard you on your show earlier talking about August Bush. I used to live in, in St. Louis. I was in the bar business in St. Louis. And it's all mm-hmm. about Budweiser beer. And it's it's owned by a company, the same company that owns Stella Atois. They, they bought it, I oh. guess, 10, 12 years ago from the Bush family. Okay. But when, okay. And today's August Bush, the fourth birthday. And right. The first thing that he ever took a drink of was a, a dropper of Budweiser they put in his mouth. Um, <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. If you're a bush, that's probably fair. Um, did you hear the, the uh, I, I think it was the first caller who said that they saw something, or it was on the History Channel, where the combination of Budweiser, Red Bull... Um, gosh, <laughs> here's where the memory is going to go right in front of everybody. Uh, Pepsi and one other thing all totaled did not equal the sales of Coke. Oh, I wouldn't have that at all. Well, I don't know beer though. I mean, if you're putting, if you're now, maybe it's that most people don't drink Budweiser beer now because they've moved on to the Stellas and and all the other more, um, I yeah. guess I won't say artisan, but uh, but hipper hipper brands. I mean, right. I my dad used to drink PBR before it became PBR, you know, and I don't even right. know if it's hip anymore, but it was for a while there. So. Well, Coke, anybody I, can buy Coke. Not everybody can buy a Budweiser, you know, can buy a Budweiser. And maybe that's the difference. I don't know. I know that Coke, yeah. I know that Pepsi messed up back in the 80s whenever they owned all the fast food chains. Uh, yeah. Because people like Burger King and people like McDonald's, they're like, Burger King was selling Pepsi. And they're like, no, nah, we're not selling Pepsi anymore. And there's a lot of restaurant chains looked at it that way that why would i buy pepsi because they're our competitor now Uh, i think they spun that whole bunch off to darden foods didn't they well they spun it they spun it all off to a company named tricorp or tricon that they owned that company that was a subsidiary of them and then it went public Uh and turned into yum brands out of Louisville. yes and they they own all the they want they own more restaurants than anybody, I believe, right now. Fast food restaurants, oh. however oh, you decide. Okay. Um, <laughs> Fast food. I went to Bud's the other day and decided that it was definitely not to be. Uh, it should not qualify as fast food. Somebody no. asked us about Bud's broiler, and so uh, you know we we stay on the North Shore pretty much now, and you know are tired of the same old thing. So we had just a little bit of time and went to. Bud's Broiler, but you need more than a little bit of time to go to Bud's Broiler. It was 40 minutes waiting for the burger. <laughs> so yeah. not so much fast food. Anyway. Oh, I ate at Houston's too the other day. I went and had one of their famous burgers. What can you say? 
who doesn't love Houston's? I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, you know, Tom has always been a snoot about Houston's, and I'd always say, but Tom, everybody loves Houston's. I'm sorry. I know it's a chain, but everyone loves Houston's. And, And I think that's true. Anyway, whatever it's called now, it's not only called Houston's, it's a million different names for the same uh the same chain. And uh yeah. and Hill, so you have Hillstone to kind of group. Yeah, Hillstone yes. Group owns they have a lot of different restaurants. They're they're a big company. So Well, they're all Houston's, but they just changed the name from Houston's because there was some government law that was passed where if you had more than certain number of employees you had to start listing the calorie count on each dish and they said screw that and then they broke it uh, up or if they had more than a certain number of restaurants in the group they had to list ingredient calorie count yeah and they said okay. no thank you and then they they turned all their restaurants into individual names but it's still the same group well the so burgers are all the same I don't know if you it's can make yummy. It I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Love Houston's it. is good. So Love it. anyway. All right. You know, uh, hug the canines for me. And what? Well, I got one more thing for you. The chorizo. I heard you talking about that. Yes. The only thing mm-hmm. I can say is they've got chorizo in the Philippines. It's it's called Longasia. And it's, it's uh, the difference is it's a mince, some kind of mince meat instead of a ground pork. But they even, mm. I lived there for about a year when, when I was in the Marine Corps, and they even make uh, tuna chorizo or the langisa. I can't hardly say it. <laughs> that sounds like a disease. It. Say it that again. <laughs> Long. Langasia? Lang- I can't say it. <laughs> I don't want to eat it, I can tell you that. Yeah, we eat a lot of chorizo. Do you eat chorizo here in the States? Of course. Of course, but not tuna, chorizo. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't want to eat that. All right, Stan, always good to visit. We'll see you next week, and uh, I will be in touch about trying to get together before you leave. I'm going to be fishing next right? week. All right, bye-bye. Yes, all right, take care. Five, five, Louisiana six, nine, Radio. Nine, six is the number if you want to talk to us. We are here to talk to you. Not quite time for the news yet, just a couple seconds, but we are going to be continuing to talk about food because that's what we do. That's what Tom's been doing for 33 years, and why not keep it up? Because it's nice to talk about things like the delicious peach I had at 9.30 last night. I inhaled it, and it was a big mess, but it was delicious, and that's happiness, you know, thinking about stuff like that. We'll be back. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Jeff Palermo. A federal judge in Lafayette has blocked President Biden's moratorium on new oil and gas lease sales on federal land and water. U.S. District Judge Terry Doty stated he cannot find a rationale for the moratorium. Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry, who filed the suit, says he cannot agree more. We have finally worked so hard after decades to become energy independent here in the United States where Louisiana plays a vital role. The president issued the moratorium in January in an effort to combat climate change. Forecasters say there's a high chance of disturbance over the Bay of Campeche will develop into at least a tropical depression. 
Marty Calhoun with the National Weather Service says the broad low pressure area will likely develop into a tropical depression late tomorrow or early Friday. She says once that occurs, they can provide a better forecast on rainfall potential. Trying to see what it's how it's evolving, where the rain mass is, is going to be. Louisiana Radio Network. Take 30 seconds to save thousands. Go to LAContractor.org and take 30 seconds to make sure the person or company who wants to work on your home or business is licensed by the Louisiana State Licensing Board for Contractors. Always ask for references and protect yourself by choosing one of the many great licensed contractors in your area. Go to LAContractor.org or get our free mobile app, LA Contractor, in your app store. And take 30 seconds to save thousands. This summer, the COVID-19 vaccine is your ticket to hit the road. Explore Louisiana and get in free at all state parks. That's right. Choose to get the COVID-19 vaccine and you'll get free admission to all state parks this summer. So let's bring back those fun-filled Louisiana road trips by choosing to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Call 1-855-453-0774 or visit covidvaccine.la.gov. Offer good through July 31st, 2021. WGSO 990 AM has recently become recognized as an official 501c3 nonprofit organization capable of accepting tax-deductible donations. So, in commemoration of our 75th anniversary, the station is launching a 75 for 75 campaign with the goal of raising $75,000 in 2021. The funds that are raised will be dedicated to help the station fulfill our broadcast mission and satisfy any equipment needs that arise. These donations are especially important because unlike most radio stations in New Orleans, WGSO is independent, locally owned and operated and not part of a national broadcasting conglomerate. To donate, go to WGSO.com and click on the Donate button on the front page. Help us to continue to be the community voice of the Crescent City. You make me feel so young. True enough. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. I was just um, looking for uh, something <clears throat> in the newsletter because I like to. I like to. One of the goals to me of the show going forward is to um, make people aware of the writing career that Tom had, where there are 50, 50 years worth of collecting data on food and a particular New Orleans food. But um, so I, I just, I try to, to do as much of that as I can in every show. And I went to the email to look for the newsletter that came out today to read what Tom calls today's flavor. But there was an email, which I'm going to read from someone who, uh, this is the kind of thing that Tom has been in this city to people who like to eat sort of just like a clearinghouse of all kinds of information like if you need something ask tom so it's a letter from this guy who has moved away from new orleans and who lived for a period of time when he was 18 in his first apartment and it was around the block from crazy johnny's and he used to go in there. 
He said, throughout the two years living there, I was in Crazy Johnny's at least twice a week. And while they had all kinds of items that were so unique and delicious, the one thing that was always on the table and sometimes on the lighter end of pay weeks, the only thing was the dipping bread. He moved away from here eight years ago and was really sad to hear that they had closed. And ever since, he's been on a mission to find out what that sauce was. In his search, he, have, he has found a whole community of people trying to replicate it. If there is any possibility that you may have come across this, a cook or staff that may have worked there, or a general guideline, guideline to start blindly replicating it all for personal use, of course. So I don't know, I don't know um, what he's talking about because I only went to um, Crazy Johnny's two or three times. For those people who are not familiar with Crazy Johnny's, back in the, I want to say, early 90s, it was a phenom when they put a steak on the menu for $5 and you would go, I don't know if it was certain days or if it was an all the time thing, but um, it was a steak and a baked potato, I think, and a salad. And I think you got that for five bucks. I'm not even sure. If you are a Crazy Johnny's fan, straighten me out if I'm wrong, 556-9696. But I do remember going there. There was, I think there were a couple of eat clubs at Crazy Johnny's too. But um, we know someone from Crazy Johnny's who contacted us a couple of months or maybe a year ago. And I don't remember why they contacted us, but somehow it had come up. So if you are still listening former staff members of Crazy Johnny's and would like to help this young man. I do not know the item he's referring to, the dipping bread, but that's what we do here in this food community. And that's what we have to be much more of now that uh, our leader has um, not been able to uh, continue in that role. Because I'm coming into this from the periphery, even though I've been married to Tom for 30 some odd years, I have been doing my own North Shore thing with the kids for a large part of that and just on the periphery. So, um, so if you, people used to say, you don't eat out with your husband all the time. And I'd say, well, you know, that's his job. He would do that every night. I'd be gone every night. So I didn't do it nearly as much as I could have and maybe should have, especially now. But, um, but anyway, I do not have the answer to this question. So dipping bread at Crazy Johnny's. If you are a fan of Crazy Johnny's and would like to reminisce about that, I'd be happy to do that too because it was a most unique place. And uh, it was, a phenom is the word, it was a phenom for a period of time. Tom, do you remember Crazy Johnny's? I, I do. Crazy Johnny's, the dipping bread. Over here, babe. Tom, over here. Tom, no, 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 no. Please don't step on the dog. <laughs> the dog has this look of, of absolute terror every time Tom walks into the room. Also, he says, P.S., there was Charlie's Steakhouse that you were a part of. Uh, there were ads for Charlie's Steakhouse that 
that Tom was a part of that he and his wife tried, and it was one of the best meals he's had back home. I don't know if I would agree with that. Charlie's is fine, but I think it's one of those things that's more, um, more a, uh, more a legend than, you know, something actually good, kind of like Mandina's, like I said. Let's go to Sal. Sal, hello. Marianne, good to hear your voice. Hello How there. Are you? We're good. good. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. Can't complain. I've only been to Crazy Johnny one time, and that was back in the late 90s, uh, right? Probably not soon before it closed. And I do remember the dipping bread, and what I remember was that the dipping sauce was similar to the um, barbecue shrimp sauce with the exception of the fact that it had much more Worcestershire sauce. It was more like an olive oil, garlic, and butter sauce. With, um, Sounds good. I can see why he remembers it. <laughs> and from what I understand, you're you're absolutely correct. There was a, a filet mignon. I think it was six ounces, and it was um, served with a baked potato and a salad for five dollars, along with the dipping <laughs> bread. Or maybe it was just the dipping bread and the steak and a salad. I don't know if the potato came with no, it. No, I think there was way, a baked potato it was, in it. I think there was definitely okay. a baked potato in there somewhere. Yeah. Of course, you're, yeah. you're testing my memory because, like I said, I only went once, and it was 20 years ago. And yeah. um, it, the dipping sauce was a garlic, buttery, olive oil with uh, Worcestershire sauce. It tasted like Worcestershire. It could have been something. Uh-huh. It could have been balsamic vinegar, although balsamic mm. vinegar didn't really come onto yeah. the scene as... Uh, yeah, you know, famously, yeah, probably until, a little, little later. But um, that's that's what I remember of it. And yeah, I, I, but the thing was, is that was it was really more of a bar where they served yes. that particular item as the food item, and right. it was mm-hmm. similar to. Do you remember um, Mike's Mid City Group? I do Canal remember that. Here. There's a okay. Who remember their little gimmick where they had. <laughs> free bottle of Dom Perignon with the cheeseburger. Uh-huh. The cheeseburger yeah. was one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Uh-huh. I do. <laughs> that was kind. Did of you do that? Did you ever do that? Crazy Johnny's five dollars steak. You go in there and you order a five dollars steak. And back in nineteen ninety-five, they were charging eight dollars for a cocktail, which at the time was a lot of money for a yeah. cocktail. Uh-huh. But yeah. um, anyway, <laughs> those places are, are were always fun and. and they are you know, enjoyable to go to, even if it was. I thought the food at Michael's Mid City Grill was actually really good. Oh, I remember amazing. that place it fondly. Really was. I never did order mm-hmm. that cheeseburger with the free bottle of Dom Perignon, but <laughs> uh, from what I remember, they had some caviar on it and some grilled onions and um, some. Uh, I think it was uh, not not mushrooms. What's the other thing? The um, the high foie end gras? not foie oh, gras. Uh, porta- the, uh, Portobello? Truffle. Oh, truffle. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I wonder how many people ever did do that. I don't know. They had, well, actually, if it was still open, you could, you could know because I think they took a picture of whoever did order it and put it on the wall. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, we'll never know I miss now. that place. I miss it. Yeah, me too. I don't know. There's somebody who's Take really care, a big Marianne. fan. I'm, I'm trying to remember to who it is. 
Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. 5569696 if you have any uh, remembrances of Crazy Johnny's or now Michael's Mid-City Grill because I love talking about Michael's Mid-City Grill. It's funny because I um, I never went to Michael's Mid-City Grill very much. I went a couple of times, but I really liked the place. I liked the feel of it. And what is it now? Is it uh, is that um, Cafe Min? I want to say that's the building that was Cafe Min, or that is Cafe Min now. If if someone knows and I'm wrong, then call me, 556-9696. But, uh, yeah, those gimmicks were fun. I do remember the $100 hamburger, and, uh, you know, we never did do that because we didn't – I don't drink. I mean, I do enjoy champagne, but that's not something I would do. And um, Tom wouldn't order a hamburger under any circumstances anyway, so we didn't do that. But, I mean, that's the kind of thing that I would fall for, but Tom would – because I like silly little gimmicks, but um, I think we did do the five dollar uh, the five dollar steak at Crazy Johnny's a couple of times. But I think if my memory serves me correctly about Crazy Johnny's, Crazy Johnny's sort of morphed into more of a restaurant as a result of the five dollar steak phenom. Because when I got to Crazy Johnny's, and I'd been hearing about it for a long time before I actually made it there. I remember having a stuffed artichoke that I thought was fantastic. And um, she told me she didn't make them. She got them from somewhere, which was in the days before people were regularly having someone make stuffed artichokes for their menu. But uh, that was just one of many things, if I remember, on the menu, because they had a full menu, I think, by the time I arrived on the scene there. But I could be wrong. Uh, I, you know, like I said, I only went a couple of times. But if you have memories of uh, Crazy Johnny's or Michael's Mid City Grill, that would be fun. Let's talk about that a little bit. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to me, here I am. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. I get misty just holding your hand. Yes, indeed. I want to mention that Jack Mel Inn is a great place to go if you are looking for delicious, like, 10% kind of food. And people who listen to the show know what I mean by the 10% kind of food. I had a conversation with um, Angela Hill the other day, who we ran into at Commander's Palace, and I was talking. We were talking about Commander's Palace, and because I was writing the piece for uh, the Dining Diary, which is the newsletter for today, and I was just kind of getting her take on it. Because every time we go to Commander's, I see her there, 
And um, she was talking about, I said, you know, I feel like the, and I, I gave her my 90-10 rule, which she didn't really understand because she spends a lot of her time in Maine and says that when she comes down here, everything's 100% because it's just so exciting to be eating this kind of food again, which I can totally get. But uh, Jack Mel Inn has what I call the 10% of food, the kind of food you're going to think about again after you leave and want to have it again. They are in Hammond, so it is a bit of a drive, but it's definitely worth the drive because the food of Josh Garrick and the wines that Paul Murphy has selected for you are a memorable experience. This is a great place for a brunch, for a wedding, for a special party. They have a lovely patio with a lot of lush gardens outside. They had steak night last night. Every Tuesday night is steak night there. On Friday, a $2 lunch special for $15. But you can just go the regular way and have a fantastic, intimate, romantic meal at Jack Mel Inn. 43 years running in a lovely cottage between east and west of Highway 190. They are located at 903 East Morris in Hammond. Yes, it's worth the drive. Make a reservation, 985-542-0043. Let's go to Mike. Hello. Is Mike there? Hello. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I, I am a huge fan of tabbouleh. So much okay. so that I could eat it daily. Wow. And and if you're a fan of tabbouleh, you're a fan of parsley. But yes, a really well-made tabbouleh has a lot of parsley and only a little bit of bulgur wheat. A poorly, cheaply made tabbouleh has a lot of bulgur wheat and just a little bit of parsley. Pars parsley's not inexpensive if you use it in, in a really? large quantity. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. And I, it's the kind of thing that I'm not really a fanatic when it comes to organic, but something about parsley and greens in general just seemed to me that if, if they're organic, it's, it's preferable. And, but on the flip side of that, I wouldn't be surprised if all parsley is organic. I, you know, I can't see that being the kind of thing that they'd need a lot of pesticides for. So anyway... Well, I would have to you know? say that I've never thought that much about parsley until Jim Richard showed up on the program. He was the first person to ever use the word chlorophyll on a food show, I think. Yeah, and, that, that's um, a big and I'll never deal with that. That's a big deal <laughs> with that. I'll never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget it. But um, I, I don't know. I, uh, I've had a little tabbouleh. And I don't, I didn't register such a sensation that I need to have it again as soon as I can. So maybe I'll check it out. But uh, my sister grows a mean parsley. It takes over the yard. So I think the way to do parsley is to grow it yourself. And I wish that the parsley that she gave me had taken, but it didn't. Yeah. So, you know, I'm gonna my, try it my, again. Experience, my experience with all herbs are if you're fortunate enough to find a good spot where they like being, they, they, grow like you're describing your mint and your your mm -hmm. basil and if you don't if they don't like where you where they're at they don't grow at all <laughs> you know, yeah. stagnate yeah. and die yeah but moving on well, the sad I, I part of, you go ahead the sad part about it is i have this lovely proliferate basil and mint 
and I never pick either one of them. So I need to, I looked at it this morning and I said, you know what? It's just wrong to have this basil. I'm going to make a pesto at least to do something with it. And I keep trying to remind myself to put mint in my iced tea, but I never do. Anyway, go ahead. Rawls, Rawls tomato sauce. Big fan. I think Love it's called, stuff. I think it's called Rayo's. Rayo's. Okay. It's, it's Rayo's. Um, mm-hmm. You know about the, the, the restaurant in New York? Are you familiar with that? I do not. I do not. Okay, it's a little family-run restaurant that's been there forever. Virtually 120 years. I, I don't know, decades, many, many decades. 120 uh, years, that's how old it is. Oh, okay, you know. Virtually impossible to get a reservation. Mm-hmm. I think it only has a handful of tables. And at one time, the wise guys all had their tables, so it was, you just couldn't get in the place because every table mm-hmm. was spoken for. Mm-hmm. Now, they have... They have a second location in Las Vegas, and yes. I would mm-hmm. I would think that it's probably one of these deals where it has nothing to do at all with the ambiance of the place, but maybe the same recipes, you know. Yes, mm-hmm. and and a lot more opportunity to have it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's probably any problem to uh, to getting a reservation in Vegas. My wife is supposed to be taking me out to Vegas in the fall to go see ZZ Top. So maybe I'll get a chance to uh, have some hands-on experience. But it's a quality product. Sam sells a two-pack of it. Mm, and okay. I don't, I, we, had, we had checked, when we first decided that we liked it, we checked the online price for it because you can buy it online. Mm-hmm. And it might have been like $10 a jar. Just I'm just throwing numbers out there. And by the time you added the shipping and handling, it might have been almost $20 a jar. Okay? Oh, wow. And then you get like two of these at Sam's for basically for 10 bucks, I think, or somewhere around that. And what, what I really like about it is it has no residual sweetness to it at all. It's delish. It's good. Yeah. I was a lot of tomato sauces do have a lot of sweetness to them. Yes. Yes. Um, I think that uh, I was very surprised to see that there were as many options in the supermarket as I went to Winn-Dixie looking for the hot tamales the other day. And I saw it there in the same aisle and I saw that there were probably eight or nine varieties of it, which kind of shocked me. And I bought the marinara. Hmm? That, well, I was going to say that's news to me. I've never seen anything but the basic marinara. I've never, no, I didn't if know you go to Winn Dixie, there's there's probably eight to ten different choices there. Really? And um, and, and I paid eight ninety nine for a jar. Now I don't know. I don't often buy jarred marinara. The last one I bought was Tony Mandina's, and I thought that was delicious, except a little bit sweet. But then I made this meatball bake with that sauce and I did like eggplant in olive oil and then I you know I I rendered that off to where it was kind of a little bit crusty and I layered that with the marinara and meatballs and then just some parmesan that I had in the refrigerator it was like mind-bendingly delicious so I think that the the Parmesan cut down on the sweetness because I'm not a sweet marinara person either. But this right. Rayo's stuff was uh, was good, and it made me want to kind of investigate different jarred marineras just to see how they taste. You know, yeah. I, I guess I lead a boring life over here, but, you know, I'm kind of excited about that project. Well, so, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised they have eight varieties. I mean, that's a lot of varieties. It I is for a an out-of-town product. Yeah. You probably have a vodka sauce and different things. 
Uh, I'm definitely going to check that out. I was so sorry to see that Winn-Dixie at East Causeway approach closed years ago. Mm-hmm. That used to be so convenient coming off the bridge to be able to hit that Winn-Dixie right there, you know, where, uh, you know where I'm talking about, right? Where, where uh, of course, the Pace yeah, Mandeville is now. Go look, go look at the one on 21. I took a double take in there the other day. They are on the move. They are on yeah. the move. That's a different looking store. And yeah. um, and I had some interesting thoughts about Winn-Dixie a few years ago, but they are not the same thoughts I had when I left that store the other day. Every so, Rouse's is different, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if maybe some of the other ones are moving in that direction where they do the market research and they see what the yeah. area will support. Right, know? right, yeah. and what the area is looking for, for sure. Okay. All right, that's all I got today. Talk to you later. Uh, wait, wait, right. so but before you go real quick, so you never actually made it into the Brooklyn flagship of Rayo's. You never actually saw it in person. No, and we, did, okay. we didn't try because I had okay. read about it online. Okay. I and promise me if your wife takes you to New York again, you have to go to Il Buco so you can yeah, call the show. Yeah, we've talked about that, and I would very much like to do that. And yeah, we're gonna let yeah. we're gonna let things settle down there for a year or two. But we, uh-huh. you know, I definitely want to go back because I know you're not crazy about the place. I was about to say I will probably never set foot in the place again. So yeah. I want to hear about Il Buco. That's probably the, one, the only reason I would go to New York to go to Il Buco. <laughs> The, the, the city that I used to genuinely love and will not be returning to is San Francisco. It's just chaos. Oh, my God. There, you know? Yes. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Five five six nine six nine six is oh you know what I really don't even have time let's do fish school we have time for just a fish school brought to you by Mandeville Seafood celebrating twenty five years. Tilapia, one of the most widely served fin fish in America. It has become so popular that farms are opening stateside to keep the supply as local to you as possible. Two aspects of tilapia have heightened the appeal to both customers and restaurateurs. The flesh is soft and white, and the flavor is negligible. Over time, surveys have shown that customers like the idea of eating fish more than they actually like the flavor of fish. This fact, coupled with the versatility for the chef, has caused the demand for tilapia to rise. As another perk of using tilapia, the supply is never-ending. The species is strictly farm-raised, with farms even opening in Louisiana. Tilapia is usually served alongside the usual suspects of restaurant menus with no extra thought into ingredient use. This is not always the case. With the local farms opening, some of the more respected establishments are building dishes around the fish, usually still having to overpower it with seasonings to make it taste like something. I'm one of those people. No, you know, that's not true because I do like the taste of fish. But I, I absolutely would be one of those people that, uh, that the fillet of fish research bore out as someone who likes fish that doesn't taste like fish. Because I think the fillet of fish is actually pretty great. Almost want to get one just thinking about it. Mandeville Seafood and the Food Show would like to push us all in the direction of experimenting a little bit more with fish and the ways to cook it and how it tastes and what's new out there that isn't the usual. So if you have something that you hear on Fish School, call Mandeville Seafood. 
and you can try it. They, it will take a couple of days to get it, but they will get it for you. Mandeville Seafood, an excellent purveyor of seafood and also a good seafood place to eat seafood. Uh, Mandeville Seafood is celebrating 25 years. And we are celebrating almost 33 years of the food show, but this is, this is a wrap for this one. We'd love to direct you to nomenu.com which is where you will find that review of Commander's Palace. We would love to ask you to subscribe to our newsletter. If you had, you would be getting that review of Commander's Palace in your inbox today. Also on the website, nomenu.com, you'll see 40-some-odd recipes. And you know what? They all turn out. We have uh, Tom's 50-year body of work, which I like to celebrate and make people acquainted with on the show. But you can also just go read it. Just go peruse nomenu.com. Sometimes when I'm talking about something on the show, someone will text me a link. The answer to my question from nomenu.com. N-O-M-E-N-U.com. Last of all, you will find the podcast of the show if you miss some of the show. You can get it on nomenu.com. We also have our Instagram page. We'd love for you to follow us there. The address is at the New Orleans menu. Please tell a friend about the show. We have fun. It's just two hours a day. It's an escape from everything else out there. And we love talking about food. Um, not as much as eating food, but we do love talking about it. It's topic A in New Orleans, as Tom used to always say. So tell a friend about the show, will you? Tim McNally is up next with the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show. I want to mention it's also the 75th anniversary of WGSO. Happy anniversary to them. Go to the website and hit the donate button. It'll be a tax-deductible donation. That's it for us. It's 4 o'clock, WGSO New Orleans. It's time for the Louisiana Radio Network News, and we will see you tomorrow, same time, 4 o'clock. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. I told President Putin my agenda is not against Russia or anyone else. 